Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to be back. I want to thank Kirk for covering for me. Um, Many of you know that I had an accident. John and I had an accident on the day before Thanksgiving, and uh, his pickup truck rolled down a hillside. And I'm so thankful for God's creation. He created two oak trees in a perfect place on that hillside. And if it weren't for those perfectly placed trees, I probably would not be preaching any more sermons. Uh, It was close to the top of the hill we rolled three times. So uh, I'm thankful for that. So our God is an awesome God. He put those trees there sometime in the past so that I could roll down the hill with John. Thank goodness the trees were there. So I want to praise God uh, for his uh, protection and his provision. I also want to praise God for being here this morning. Really miss uh, being a part of the assembly. I really miss breaking bread together, and uh, I'm so thankful for the brethren here. So uh, here we go. Uh, Jeff Drillinger, please know my love and prayers are with you and your family for comfort and strength uh, in this time of loss. And so, if you'd like to pass that back, that would be great. Uh, Janelle Steiner, I appreciate your commitment to God and and to your family. You are always speaking encouragement to build others up, and I would agree with that statement. There you go. And I've been a recipient of some of that encouragement. This is Bragg. You are very sweet. Your smile makes the whole room light up. How many can agree with that one? Can we get an amen on that one? All right. Mrs. Parks, you have a wonderful personality. You are such a kind lady. I enjoy watching you interact with others. And I like being interacted with her. It's pretty cool. So, Ken Weibert, I am so grateful for your smiles and encouragement. Thanks for all the ways you serve others and are available to help. Where is Ken? All right, Sorry we missed you, Ken. There you go. There's a big praise for you. So, Eric Johnson, even when you're stumbling, quote-unquote, you are encouraging. I look forward to more lessons on blindness. (laughs) We once were blind, but now we'll be able to see. So, praise God for your lessons. That was great this morning. Kirk, you not only are a good man, but you are also an excellent teacher. Thanks, brother, for the convicting message last week. I am convicted to be a better husband. You're making me look shameful. Uh, And a more faithful Christian. So good job. I heard that lesson before, and uh, and I knew what was coming, and I still got it. So thank you very much. That That was a great lesson. So if you haven't received your uh, calendar... There's calendars in the back as you come into the building, and uh, this one will be all destroyed before I get it home. There's a couple things you might want to make note of. Um, There's going to be a a Christmas dinner here on Wednesday uh, the 16th, 
Uh, during Wednesdays this month, we're going to be having Wednesday uh, home assembly at the parks, but on the 16th, we'll be out here. And then on the 21st, the, the college age group is going to have a, a little Christmas dinner and Christmas party at the Compton House. And uh, uh, please note that on uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, ladies' study will not be happening. I uh, texted Melissa to ask her if that might be the case, and she laughed out loud. Well, of course. So just wanted to make sure. Uh, and then on the 31st, there will be a New Year's Eve party out here, and uh, those are always a lot of fun. And so uh, get your craziness on. Also, too, in January, on January 10th, uh, right after the assembly, will be our annual men's meeting. So those are some of the highlights uh, for this coming month of December. And then finally, Emma, would you be willing to, to grab this and send this around? I appreciate you doing that. There you go. I want to encourage everybody, whether you are young or, or middle-aged or, or older like myself. It's all relative, right? I'm getting older. And uh, so I want to encourage you not to have, um, not to wait for an experience to wake you up to embrace every day. Uh, both the challenges and the good times. Uh, I have really had a radical change in priorities. When we went off that ledge and we started to roll, I didn't know about the two trees that God had put there. And so my expectation was, well, maybe this is my last day. And as I was rolling, I figured at some point in time, if I were going to be going, the angels would be there. Well, I'm sure there was an angel in the cab keeping me here, as it says in the scriptures, we all have an angel. But you know, after that, I really thought about my dad and uh, how I'll never see my dad again. But I'll see my father-in-law and I'll see my, my mother-in-law and I'll see Grandma Peggy. I'm sure she's going to kiss my head when I walk through the pearly gates. No hair up there. It'll be bald, glowing, maybe more so. Papa Leo, Reuben, and, and Sharon Viegas, great folks that have gone on before. And it's kind of weird when, and if you've ever had a kind of one of those life-threatening situations, maybe you've had, things slow down. Actually, the adrenaline makes you more aware, and so things slow down. And, and so those three revolutions were relatively slow as I was watching stuff fly by my face and things hitting me and, and uh, never went black, thank goodness. You know what? I need to use every day. Have right priority. I'm thankful that when I got back, there were many who were calling me, and one of the gentlemen that called me said, that Eugene and Eula, his wife, want to have Bible study. And he asked me if I would do that Bible study. And so, you know what? That's priority. We only have so many minutes, so many hours, so many days, so many dollars. 
so much time. I pray that you would really think about what's most important. Prioritize. So you get the maximum out of this life in serving the Lord. So I want to read the scripture this morning. You have the lesson plan in front of you. We are talking about love for the next uh, three or four weeks. We're going to finish up the year in the power of his presence by speaking about the power of the presence of his love in our lives through the Holy Spirit. And I pray that the lessons I bring would be practical so that you could use them right now so that we can really begin to change the world right now because of the presence of Christ in us and the presence of his love being manifest through us. And so in the book of Acts in chapter 3, as you well know, we're talking about a, a season of restoration. And I'm glad that the Lord has allowed my season of restoration to go a little bit longer. And I pray that he would grant to all of us many years of service as we are being renewed and restored uh, in the likeness of our Christ. And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance just as your rulers did also, but the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets that, that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient times. I want to take a look now at, at 1 Corinthians in chapter 13, the love chapter. And again, as you well know, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Now, faith is a powerful tool by God to bring about the salvation of many. Uh, hope is a very powerful tool uh, in our lives when people see hope when things seem hopeless to draw people unto Christ. But I would contend that the greatest influencer of the hearts of men is the love of Christ manifest through us. And how important it is for people to see Christ manifest in his church. That was an excellent prayer meditation in regards to the, the holy ground and about Moses coming before God and being sanctified. And I am so thankful to be a part of that great city and that, that wonderful place called the kingdom of God as you and I are. But the kingdom of God has a purpose and that is to manifest the life of Christ in our mortal flesh. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, love is patient, love is kind. And we're going to go through all of those in the next three weeks, finishing up at the end of the year. But I want to talk about those this morning. But I want to talk about it in light of John chapter 13. Go with me to the book of John in chapter 13. The gospel of John in chapter 13. A new standard of love is given by Jesus at the, the Last Supper table there in chapter 13. John chapter 13 through 17, as you well know, is all at the, the Last Supper table. And notice what John records Jesus saying there in verse 34. Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. 
By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Notice the word if is in there. All men are going to know that we are the disciples of Jesus Christ if we have love for one another. Now, what is that love talking about? Well, it's a love that's going to be patient. And it's a love that's going to be kind. And God's the one that wrote that scripture. So obviously, patience is a big issue when it comes to loving somebody. And kindness is a big issue when it comes to loving somebody. And it's not like, you know, God just willy-nilly goes, let me write a couple things I think love is, and I'll just throw them on there. Just wherever they land, they land. It's not how God does that. So patience is a critical character quality that we need to wrestle with and we need to understand and we need to manifest in our lives so that people can actually see the patience of God. How patient was God with the Apostle Paul before he was the Apostle Paul? The foremost of all sinners? A man whose sole purpose was to exterminate the church and Jesus was patient until he saw the light and came around. You know, have you ever noticed that people are kind of slow, slow to get things figured out? Or maybe it's just me that's slow to get things figured out. I'm trying to figure out if people got it figured out and they already got it figured out and I haven't. I don't know. But the reality is I found that, that people have a tendency to take a little bit more time to get things figured out and applied and worked out and developed in their lives. And so it's important for us to understand this patience. And so I want to take a look at that this morning. So look at point number one. Christ's love in us is patient. Suffering long or, or long-suffering. You know, there's a word patience, which means basically to wait. But this patience has to do with people, most particularly the church, within the context of the church. And it means long-suffering or to suffer long. By the way, is 1 Corinthians chapter 13 written for married couples to say at their wedding? And that's why God put it in there. So it'd be a great marriage verse. Actually, it's not. It's the church is having problems in First in the city of, of Corinth. And so he wrote to them about not being so excited about all the spiritual gifts you got. Why don't you guys figure out first how to love one another? That's pretty much what it is going on there. So this is about loving each other in the church. And remember, the world's going to know we're his disciples, the disciples of Christ, if we love one another with long-suffering patience. So what does that look like? Well, let's take a look at the definition. And I really invite you to go and find the definition for the word patient here. Uh, it's, a, it's a Greek word. It's, it's about a 50 cent word. When you go check it out, it's a mile long, maybe three quarters of a mile long. It means to be long-spirited, forbearing, to bear or to suffer long, to endure with patience. Now, these are important things to write down. Here's why. When we go back to look at the scriptures, where this particular word is used, consistently, it's talking about our relationship with each other. W with each other, brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And once it's talking about, well, brothers and sisters in Christ, of course, but also, too, we should be patient with those who are not yet Christians. But consistently, consistently, it's talking about our relationship with each other. And we want to win people to Christ. And so how important it is then for us to manifest his love by being patient with one another. In Thayer's it says, to be patient in bearing the injuries and offenses of others. To be mild and, and slow in avenging a wrong done. To be patient and bearing with injuries and offenses of others. How important that is. I don't know if you've been in the church very long, but I'm sure if you've been in the church a while, people have said stuff, people have done stuff that cause, causes you to get a little frustrated. Maybe not. But it hasn't happened yet. I'm sorry to tell you, until we all come to perfect perfection, that's a real reality. That's why we need to be patient with one another. Because we all haven't made it to that perfect holiness and perfection. Well, that's our goal. But I don't know anybody who's made it yet. That's my striving. I know it's possible. But I also know that every once in a while the old selfish person rears his ugly head or her ugly head and and we need to be patient. Look at the chapter in Matthew. Matthew in chapter 18. Well, I'll tell you what. Jesus takes Peter to task. And uh, uh, Peter is, is uh, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. I believe it's Peter that, that says this. Yeah, there it is, verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and, and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say uh, to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And for this reason, the kingdom of heaven, the church may be compared to a king who uh, wished to settle his accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he, he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had in repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me. Same exact word, patience, as is found in love is patient. Same exact word. Be patient with me. Notice this is kingdom here now. And I'll repay you everything, he says. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him of the debt. But the slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. It's like a Christian who's causing offense. A fellow slave who owes him a hundred denarii and he seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, have patience, same word, patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back that which was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, he, the Lord, said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt, 
because you pleaded with me. Should you not have also had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly father also will do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Patience is a salvation issue. Patience is a salvation issue. Well, you may not agree with that, but go back and read that once again. The two slaves are two Christians. The king is Jesus. Did Jesus forgive you all of your debt? Yes or no? Did Jesus bear all of your debt in his body on the cross? What's the answer? Well, of course, yes. He paid the full price. You're free. But then someone crosses you, sins against you, and you go and choke him. I mean, even the king didn't choke the guy. <laughs> wow, where did he get that picture? I have no idea. Okay, chokes him, and then the guy, the guy says the exact same thing to his brother in Christ, and the guy says, uh-uh. Well, that guy didn't go to the king. It was pretty obvious. It was apparent that that was going on. And the king set, settled the account. Brethren, how important it is for us to be patient with one another. How important is it for us to be long-spirited, forbearing, to bear, suffer long, to endure with patience, to be patient in bearing the injuries and offenses of others, to be mild and slow in avenging? How important is that for us? Well, according to Jesus, I think we need to understand patience and we need to work it out in our lives for each other first. Now, how about those outside? Ah, that was a pretty good lesson this morning, Eric. I liked it, okay? People outside of Christ are blind, spiritually blind. The scriptures are chocked full, both Old and New Testament, as you said. And that one passage in 2 Samuel, was it 2 Samuel or 2 Kings? That was a fantastic passage. You see, they were blind, and yet what did the king do for them, king of Israel? Now, he set them free. Pretty amazing how that all worked. And then he fed them. Were we not set free and were we not fed and continually fed by the king? It's pretty powerful. Once I was captive by the devil, as, as the rest of us were, who have become Christians, and yet we were set free. So there's power in this passage of Scripture. So let's be patient with one another. But look at the book of James in chapter 7. I found this rather interesting as I was doing a study on this particular Greek word. And I never seen this, this in James. Remember, the word patient means endurance, of course. But notice what he says here in James chapter 5, verse 7 through 11. Therefore be patient, same word. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Be long-suffering and enduring uh, uh, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient, same word, about it, until it gets the early and, and late rains. You too be patient. 
Strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain, brethren, against one another so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, same word, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. We have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful for those who are patient. And I found it rather interesting when I was doing this study and, and reading all of those words, patient is uh, the same word, whether it be a noun or a verb. He says here, do not complain, brethren, against one another so that you may not be judged. It's easy to bring up a complaint about somebody, isn't it? It's easy. In fact, it's human nature. It's not Christ's nature, it's human nature. Christ's nature is to love and be patient, to wait for someone to grow into maturity, to encourage them and to build them up. Now, I thought it rather interesting in this passage of scripture in verse seven, the farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient, strengthen your hearts. Doesn't the Bible say that the church is God's husbandry? Doesn't the church say that? What does that mean? The church is God's husbandry. The word husbandry means farming or or field or garden. You know what? You are fruit in God's garden. I won't call you vegetables. I'll call you fruits. (laughs) It's better to be fruity than a vegetable. So we're, uh, we're all a part of God's garden. Some plant, some water, God's causing the growth, amen? So we have to be patient with the growth of the garden. You just don't go and go, man, you know what? This thing is, I put those seeds in there yesterday and they're not coming up and get the hoe out and just start hacking now I plant some more seeds. You better work. You know, you have to be careful. So I thought it was rather interesting the way God through James talked about farmers. Because honestly, if we are concerned about growing God's garden, then we need to be patient with the plants as they grow. And you know, plants grow when you put miracle grow on them. Have you ever noticed that? And you have miracle grow for tomatoes and miracle grow for this and miracle grow for that. And it really does work. That's called fertilizing. How about we encourage them with the word of God, inspire them through God's word rather than get the hoe out and start whacking and stacking. Hebrews chapter six is rather interesting as well. It's also about the family of God. Take a look, Hebrews chapter six. And the word patience, once again, is used. And I love this passage of scripture. What a great promise here. Hebrews chapter six and uh, verse uh, nine through 12. Hebrews six, verse nine through 12. He, he just recently got done with saying, you know what? Uh, some people have turned away from God. They once were Christians. They tasted the heavenly gift. They had the spirit and they decided, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. And they go off on the deep end and produce weeds in their life. 
Again, it talks about husbandry. But verse nine says, but beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you. You're not gonna produce weeds in your life. Look at the context, please. It says, though we're speaking in this way, for God is not unjust so as to forget your work and love, which you have shown toward his name, having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. Notice the love in ministering, serving the saints. How important that is. But let's read on. And we desire that each one of you, each Christian, show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Brethren, if you will be patient and not just wait around, you know, I wondered, you know, back there in the book of James, what is it, what is it you're supposed to stand around and wait until the, the crop comes in, just out there looking? Did you know that there are actually cameras in Ohio on, on uh, cornfields? And you can actually watch the corn grow. Did you know that? Go online. You can watch the corn grow. Now, I don't know why you'd want to do that. That's absolutely insane. But the reality is, is James in chapter 5 here, as a farmer in God's work, it's not standing around waiting for people to grow. It's actually investing and serving and building using the word of God to do that. And so, brethren... Let's not be sluggish, but imitators of those who, who through faith and patience are serving the brethren and will inherit the promises. And then finally, 1 Thessalonians here, chapter, chapter 5, for love, regarding love being patient. Look at 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. That's a great passage of scripture. Here's where it talks about having patience with, with everyone. Verse 14 and 15, take a look. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. Sounds like service. Be patient with everyone, long-suffering with everyone. See that no one repays another uh, with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good, agathos, for one another and for all people. Always seek that which is good for one another. We're talking about the brethren. We should be busy about seeing what we can do to help each other. That's that service, that ministry that we're talking about. That's that patient, waiting, ministering, working to grow the garden, encouraging the individuals until the Lord returns. Not grumbling that they're not growing as fast as you think they should grow, some people grow faster than others. Anybody ever garden before? It's kind of weird how some places the plants grow like crazy and the other places they, they fail to thrive. You go, what's going on? Same dirt, same seeds. No, they're not the same seed. They're different. So do a little bit more fertilizing and working with that one. So I love this passage of scripture. We need to do good for all people, uh, do good for one another, but also for all people and being patient with them. That's what love is. There's a, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that looks good, but it's really bad. 
there are, there are Facebook pages that talk about positivity. Positivity. Have you ever seen those where they have quotes on being positive? Just, just walk away from all the toxic people in your life. That's one way to be positive. You deserve it. You deserve better than all those toxic people. Just walk away from them. Just cut them out of your life. Man, aren't you glad that Jesus didn't cut you, a toxic person, out of his life? Oh, I'm going to die for all of them except for this one toxic person. Sorry. He died even for the foremost of toxic people. Saul of Tarsus. And so it's important for us to recognize and understand this patience is critically important. And I want you to go back and take a look at these scriptures, but also take a look at what being patient now in this body of Christ and with other brethren that you may work with, what that actually looks like. Because until all of us are working, walking perfectly, just like Jesus Christ, all of us are going to need patience extended to us, graciousness. Well, look at the last point here. Point number two, kindness. Christ's love is kind. I, I love this passage because it's very, 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 very practical. Kindness. I looked that word up and uh, it's rather amazing. And I want you to, again, look it up in the Strong's and, uh, and then follow the words that uh, uh, each of these words comes from. So the word kindness Christ duome is to show oneself useful, to act with benevolence. This word comes from Christos, which means to be employed in a useful manner, to be gracious. Christos comes from Crimea, which means to furnish what is needed. They're all related. Go check me out and see. You know what kindness actually is? is to step up and help somebody when they have a need. Let's take a look. Ephesians, or excuse me, Romans. Romans in chapter 2 and verse 4. We had a terrible need. Romans in chapter 2 and verse 4. In fact, there was no way that if we didn't get help from God that this need would go away. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Do you think kindly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? The kindness of God leads you to repentance. That word kindness there is the Greek word for kindness that we are to show to others. Kindness is going to lead People to repentance. I encourage you to go back and take a look at, and if you want to write this down, you can. It's not in my notes, or it's not in the, the note sheet here. It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 through 26. Through kindness, the kindness that you express to people, even those who are in opposition, through the kindness of God, they're going to have an opportunity to repent. And it says that many of them will escape the snares of the devil because they've seen the kindness of God in you and me. God was kind with you. He hung himself on the cross. He didn't have to go there. He chose to go there. 
so that you and I would have opportunity for salvation. You had a need and he stepped up and fulfilled that need, didn't he? That's why it says in Ephesians 4, look there really quick. It says in Ephesians 4, we're supposed to be kind to one another. We should be looking out for the needs that each one of us might have in our life and step up and seek to help as best we can. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Notice that. That says, just as God was kind with you, so we are to be kind with one another. What does that kindness look like? That kindness is practically seeking to be useful and helpful in fulfilling someone's needs. It's a sad fact that even the pagans have this one figured out. It's actually recorded in the scriptures. Take a look at Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. Now we should be consistently manifesting kindness towards others. Offering our assistance where there is a need for help. Now, we may or may not have the right time. We may not have the right place. We may or may not have the right tools. We may or may not have the right expertise. But the heart is going to call us to be seeking and being willing to help. Notice what it says here in Acts chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. This is after the shipwreck, by the way. You remember the big shipwreck and everybody was saved and God spoke to Paul and Paul basically told everybody, you know what? We're all going to be saved. Just take food, guys. Get encouraged. We're all going to make it out alive. An angel of the Lord spoke to me tonight. And of course, they did all make it through. And they all swam to safety after the ship was wrecked on a reef. But notice what happens here. Chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. When they had been brought safely through, that's all of those who had been shipwrecked. When they had been brought safely through, then we found out that the island was called Malta. The natives showed us extraordinary kindness for because of the rain that had set in and because of the cold they kindled a fire and received us all and notice that people who do not have the spirit of christ people recognize here's a need these people are freezing they just swam from their ship they have nothing in this world and so they kindle a fire so they can at least stay warm Wow, that's pretty awesome, honestly. They didn't just walk by and go, hey, wow, did you have a good swim? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> see you later. Look at verse 10. They stayed there for a while. Paul performed some amazing miracles in healing people by the power of God. And notice what these people did. Verse 10. They, the natives, also honored us with many marks of respect and when we were setting sail they supplied us with all we needed wow <laughs> people outside of christ seeing a need stepping up and sharing i have to tell you i've had that experience working with many really good people in the chamber of commerce so many of those people have stepped up so many of those people have shared so much time, energy, and resource to help those people they'll never meet. We brought some of the young people here from Belarus, and I was hoping to bring some others and wasn't able, but 
but they're so willing to help. Just as so many of you were willing to help for the, the uh, pumpkin spice holiday bazaar. And in years past, the ice cream social, who's ever heard of making $10,000 for orphans in one night eating ice cream? I mean, that's absolutely amazing. You know, and I know that was hard work eating ice cream, but everything else that went into it to get to the point of eating ice cream was a lot of hard work. And most of you will never get to meet those orphans and widows, and those who are hopeful. But at least one of them you'll get to meet in heaven if she doesn't come to the United States, and maybe more. And it's because of the great work that we have done because there's a need. But I want to close with this passage of Scripture in the book of Titus. Titus in chapter 3. In Titus chapter 3, the word kindness is used once again. And uh, I want you to think about how we could apply this specifically for the church, our brothers and sisters in Christ. In the book of Titus in in chapter 3, right near the end, Take a look at verse, verse. Uh, well, let's look at verse 12 down to verse 14. It's kind of a neat little package here. He's talking to uh, Titus about uh, the church at Crete. When I sent Artemis or Tychicus to you, make every effort to come to me at Nicopolis, Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Diligently help Zenus, the lawyer, and Apollos, on their way so that nothing is lacking for them. Notice that kind of sounds like what? Be kind to them. Provide for them on their journey and their work. But look at the next verse. Verse 14 is for you and I. This is what Paul says to Titus and now Jesus says to us. Our people must also learn to engage in good deeds, to meet pressing needs, so that they will not be unfruitful. Our people must also learn to engage in good deeds, to meet pressing needs, so that they will not be unfruitful. Ken has had the time and the ability and the willingness to serve TJ and and Melissa. By the way, the prayer request was rather tame, They were able to get into a purchasing contract for a house that was repossessed. And there's a certain amount of time that they had to refurbish the house so that it could be appraised and to receive a loan. The people who were living in it refused to leave. How can you refurbish a house when the people who are in it refuse to leave? And then somehow the contract was renegotiated. It was supposed to go till the 29th. It was renegotiated somehow to the 23rd. And every day after the 23rd, they have to pay 200 bucks to the people that stayed in the house longer than they should have. How does that work? I don't know. I don't know who's involved in that realtor exchange or whatever. But... Let me ask you, if you have time, ability, and willingness, could you share with them some time in the next couple weeks? Right now, it sounds like 
They're just getting the plumbing and the electrical done. Starting next week, they're going to have to do all the sheetrock and, 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 and have it sprayed and painted in moldings. And I remember doing that over at the Bragg's house. Something, I don't know, it was the same kind of thing, but it was the fire. And you, you had to have it done by a certain time for the appraiser to come in. And I don't remember it all, but I remember it was like 24 hours a day shifts, right? And there's food coming in and people coming in and people going out and late night. And it was really a crazy time. Well, our brother and sister in Christ are in need. So right now, if, if you could go, and I know they are doing a lot of finishing on the outside, right? And caulking and things like that. Yeah. If you would be willing to reach out to, to TJ, probably better reach out to Melissa because TJ is like, he's running the work crew and, and he's trying to do the work also. And, and it's, uh, he's like going a million directions. So maybe reach out to Melissa and ask, you know, if, if you can come out and help and there's stuff to do. And I asked that this morning and she said, oh yeah, come on out. There's lots to do. And then drywall next week and painting next week and all the other stuff that goes into the, the, the finishing. And I, and I don't know all that is, but. So it's not like they, they went into it blind. It's just that things went sideways when the folks didn't move out. So they're in a pinch. So now we can practically love. I love the practical kinds of loving. It's, 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 it's easy to get your hands on. And so this closing verse is really, a, I, I want you to think about, is that something that I could do? And I'm hoping that this shoulder gets done real quick because I want to do drywall. I've never done drywall only but once and it was disastrous. And I'll need to do drywall again at my house and I, and I want to, not do a crummy job. So not only will I be a blessing, but I'll be blessed. So here it is. Our people must also learn to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. Let's show our love for one another practically. Appreciate so much, so many who have done so much for the brethren here, whether it be on the building or for the specific families. It's been tremendous. Let's continue to do that because that's how people are going to know that we are Christians by our patience and our kindness for one another. Let's, let's pray. And I'm not going to get all excited and, and jump around clapping. We're just going to get all excited and go jump around and help people uh, after we're done, okay? All right, here we go. Father, I'm thankful for the morning, thankful to be back and a part of the assembly I do pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you would help us to understand what it means to be patient with one another until we all arrive at perfection, a perfect behavior in every word and in every deed. Uh, there's going to be need for us to, to be patient with others and for others to be patient with us. And I pray that we would extend that mercy that was spoken of in Matthew and, and chapter 18 to forbear and to forgive. Father, I pray also too that we would look for opportunities to help the brethren, uh, to help them when they have needs. And I pray, Holy Father, that you would continue to work in us and through us this great work of faith working through love. 
knowing that love is patient and love is kind. We ask that you would enlighten us, empower us, use us, dear Heavenly Father, so that people might see Christ in us. Amen. All right. Well, let's get excited and go tell everybody by the way we live. All right. Thank you. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.